0: In today's world, the rules for dating have changed, and we'll talk to the woman who has written a new playbook coming up on Live Happy Now. The ancient Greeks defined happiness as the joy you feel moving towards your potential.
1: To think about positive psychology, it's a science, and it's actually younger than the
2: internet, believe it or not.
1: We're all looking for the same thing, and that's a way to bring a little bit more joy to our day. Join us as we look at the many different paths that lead us to that happy place.
0: This is Live Happy Now. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Live Happy Now podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Sanders, and I want to thank you for making us part of your day today. I also want to remind you that if you like what you hear on this show and you want to add a little more positivity to your day, which I'm sure you do, you could do that anytime by visiting our website, livehappy.com, or by picking up the latest issue of Live Happy Magazine at your favorite local newsstand or bookstore. This week, we're talking with Jenny Tates, a behavioral therapist and author of the new book, How to Be Single and Happy, Science-Based Strategies for Keeping Your Sanity While Looking for a Soulmate. Jenny specializes in offering people proven tools to enhance their life, and with her new book, she looks at how changing the way you approach the single life can change the way you feel about it. Live Happy Science Editor Paula Phelps talk with Jenny about her latest book and what it takes to be single and happy in today's world.
1: Jenny, welcome to our show today, and thank you so much for joining us.
2: Thank you for having me, Paula. I'm excited to
1: talk to you. Well, we're really glad to have you here to talk about this topic because... You know, being single is, is a tough thing in today's world and that search to find lasting love is something that has affected all of us at one point or another it might be going on right now and today though it's really a different ball game than it has been in the past you're helping people navigate kind of this new world of, of dating and living happily while you're dating and um, I think one of the things that I found really fascinating is that you do talk about this from a scientific Mindset, and and so how how is it that we can I guess to start let's look at the title and say how is it that we can be single and happy? This is a, you know this is one of my
2: favorite things to talk about because so many people habitually truly wholeheartedly believe that the only way to be happy is with a husband or a partner, uh, um, and you know. So many things around us are perpetuating this message from shows like The Bachelor and constant magazine covers with successful actresses that are being questioned about why they're still single or who they're dating now. It's almost like they're not successful in their own right unless they have a person by their side. And um, it's just, you know, plus women, uh, oftentimes the patients that I've seen talk about this in a desire to have a child potentially or want some sort of sense of uh, permanence and security that they're going to be in a relationship that lasts. So I think the combination of sort of social norms plus, um, you know, an evolutionary sort of model really explains why there's a lot of pressure uh, for people to be happy. But the research actually says that you don't need uh, a, per- a partner to be happy. And happiness is more about what you do with your time and your- where your mind is at than who is by your side.
1: So is it is it a situation where once you become happy with yourself, you're more likely to find... Attract the person that, that's right for you. Certainly, but my,
2: my hope is that people just want to be happy and more important even than happy, but live a meaningful, full, rich life. Because I think if people sort of think I should be happy because then I'll then I'll meet the one. Um, that could be <laughs> sort of a, a, a bad setup. But you know if you can really focus on you know what would I do if I had this amazing partner, how would my life be different and start creating that life right now? Um, then you won't feel like your life is on hold and maybe you'll be in a better position to make good decisions about who you want to be with and it doesn't feel like it's a need, but a, a want.
1: I know I know that you're a therapist. You've You've got a great practice going. So how do you get someone past that point of saying, I just need them in my life? That's a great question. You know, I'm all
2: about people shouldn't believe anything I say until they experiment. And so I really like to get a clear sense of what is some what does someone want their life to be about what are their life hopes um and also there's some things that we know for sure that increase uh your sense of well-being and connection and so if someone wants you know to be traveling and be having a close circle of friends and live in a certain location i really try to experiment with them if you start adding these things to your life is your mood does your mood shift and then maybe that you know is compelling evidence that it's not all about the person, but about sort of your personal practice. And also, I mean, related to what you had mentioned earlier, you know, studies just aren't supporting this idea. There was a huge study conducted in Germany with 24,000 adults and happiness, guess how much uh, marriage affected happiness uh, by 1%.
1: No way. That's
2: it. (laughs) 1%. And so really, like, the combination of clarifying this information and inviting people to experiment with a different approach can sort of shift their mind. And, you know, science says that happiness has everything to do with how you spend your time, doing things like exercise, learning to live in the moment, keeping your mind in the current moment rather than worrying or ruminating, and being surrounded by good people, contributing. I mean, there's I I described in my book, How to Be Single and Happy?, sort of the recipe for happiness, and a person is not a prerequisite for that happiness formula, um, but your willingness to pursue the essential pieces.
1: Well, where, is that, where does that belief come from? I mean, I know, even when I was growing up, it was just, the mindset was, well, you're going to find this, you know, charming prince, and I don't know where they thought we were going to find him. We lived on a farm. And, um, you know, you're going to find this prince and he's going to sweep you off your feet and take you away and you're going to have this fairy tale. Like, where does that all come from? It's, it seems like it's, it's been taught to us for as long as I, as I know of.
2: It has. And it's, I mean, it's everywhere. I think it's the combination of um, social stigma, uh, people's desire to have connection. Um, but it's crazy because we even believe uh, all these stigmas. You know, if I show you a picture of someone and I say, this is Anna. She lives in um, Massachusetts and she is a lawyer um, and she likes to play the guitar. And then I say, and she's single, people automatically assume um, that she's less happy. So I think this is just a pervasive stigma. And one of the reasons that I wrote this book is because A lot of the dating books out there sort of perpetuate this idea that the goal of a single person's life is to chase Mr. Right or settle for someone or play games to lure the person in. And I really think in 2018, uh, given the state of the world, we really need to focus on a woman's you know, ideal life purpose is not finding a partner, but living her best life and feeling good enough whether or not there's a person
1: in her life. And are you seeing that more women are able to accept that maybe a, a life partner isn't the route that, that works for them?
2: You know, a lot of people are seeing me because that's what they, they want, a life partner. Um, and I, I certainly, again, want to support them in doing that. My book is How to Be Single and Happy, but I'm certainly uh, promoting people enrich their lives. So if they do want a partner, they're more likely to find someone. Because if you're feeling sad about being single, you might... Be closing yourself off from opportunities, staying in your apartment, being more pessimistic. Um, but certainly, with technologies like egg freezing, which I talk about in um, my book, and also things like foster adoption programs, women are increasingly able to pursue the hopes that they intend to achieve through partnering independently.
1: Even say, even if someone is saying, "Okay, I'm gonna maybe my ultimate goal is to find love, but I'm gonna develop my life first, and you get this very full life that. That you develop, and you know, you're, I, I know a lot of friends when they go through breakups, and they're in between, they start, you know, doing yoga, or some sort of exercise, and they get more involved. They're picking up hobbies that they had forgotten about, and they really kind of come to life and blossom after, you know, after going through the heartbreak part of it. But then, then they do really develop this fullness that, that you haven't seen before.
2: Exactly. Um, and my message is, that rather than seeing that as sort of, you know trying to make the best of a bad situation to think that that's actually creating an ideal situation. A lot of people think, you know, oh, traveling with girlfriends or going on a volunteer trip is just trying to, you know, distract me from the fact that I don't have a partner to travel with. And I say, absolutely not. This is a way to, to live your best life and, and you will find your partner when you're doing that.
1: Yeah. And how do you then, so say, You've gone through this and you've developed this very full life and you've got your gaggle of girlfriends and you've got, you know, your exercise and things like that that you're doing. And then you meet someone and and we've seen this, too, where the person then kind of puts everything they've developed kind of goes on the sidelines. And Mm. who they were, we kind of lose sight of. So what are some things that people can do to make sure that they, they get to continue that fullness of life when they do meet someone?
2: You know, I get the sense that if someone is really clear on what they want their life to be about and really mindful and also really, um, you know, willing to assert their needs, ideally I think life should sort of be like a pie chart where a person doesn't become the whole pie. Either when you're single, you feel like you have no life because there isn't a person with you. Or when you have a relationship, you suddenly lose all the aspects of your life that you felt fulfilled by. I think maintaining the sense of life balance because, some of the people that I see that really struggle with feeling dissatisfied in relationships actually have sort of stopped living their life and put their lives on hold for the person that they're with. And that leads to sort of resentment and um, or disappointment because one person, you know, even in terms of loneliness, loneliness is not filled, you know is not you know, you can't reduce loneliness through one person, but you still need a full rich life. Um, and so, if people have this sort of romantic notion that they're going to run off with someone and that's going to be their whole ideal best life, I think that's a, a problematic setup. And a person can, you know, can only make you so happy.
1: Well, how do you keep from losing yourself in that person? Because that's something we see too. And it's, you know, it's easy to get intoxicated in those first few months of dating, especially. But then when you know, I've I've had friends that you just you don't see them again once they get connected and, and they do kind of evolve into somebody different. How do you keep from yeah, how do you keep that from happening?
2: That is such a good question. And I think it's really having a clear sense of what you want your life to stand for. And one of the best ways to do that is to think about different domains. Who do I want to be as a friend? Who do I want to be as a lover? Who do I want to be as a school teacher? Who do I want to be? as, uh, you know, how do I want to take care of my body? And I think people creating a narrative that holistically encompasses each sort of area of their life is the best way to be healthy. I mean, we're so at risk of losing our friends and our wellness. Um, and that, again, is, not, I think, also maintaining this idea that that is not going to jeopardize your relationship. It's just going to enrich it.
1: And that's really interesting because what you're saying is, is creating, really developing an intention for your life that includes that relationship. And so it, it seems like it takes quite a bit of self-examination and really planning um, to, to decide how that life is going to play out.
2: It takes a bit of planning and, and smarts and thinking about strategizing. And it also is so helpful because it's almost like preventative medicine. You know, there's a Zen story about a man riding a horse. And someone says to him, "Where are you going?" And he says, "I don't know. Ask a horse." Um, you know, <laughs> we don't want to just sort of fall into this life that we didn't design. You know, before you build a house, you need an architect. You don't just want to like start getting the, you know, uh, the materials before you have a good layout. And so initially, maybe it sounds like more, more effort, but long term, it's it's going to be much more efficient.
1: So as like as we talked about at the at the very top of this. Um, interview, we know that technology has really changed the way that we're dating, and have you seen that in your practice? Have you seen that changing dynamics for women, especially? Um, I'm sure it affects both men and women, um, but especially for women who are in the dating world, and it's, it really is a whole different kind of arena than we've seen before.
2: Yes, I mean, it's, it's pretty crazy. It used to be that you met someone in school or through a friend or family member, and they were accountable to someone to, you know, adhere to some sort of, you know, good behavior or word would spread. And now there's a level of anonymity that really enables people to resort to their worst behavior. And a lot of women I see talk about feeling unseen, you know, they can um, exchange hundreds of text messages with people that never actually um, finalize a day and time to meet or they finally do and they feel like the person is so unpresent because they're communicating with countless others. And research studies sort of show that um, perceived rejection leads people to feel like life is less meaningful and for people to give up more easily on frustrating tasks. So this, I think people really need to take a moment and practice a lot of self-compassion that this is really hard and you're totally um, normal for feeling frustrated if you are messaging someone and they're not, you know, making a plan with you or you went you got dressed up and went out with someone and they didn't give you their full attention, you have every right to feel uh, disappointed and sad. And also, you can maintain a sense of optimism because a third of relationships uh, are starting through things like dating apps and websites. So while it may seem frustrating, it it often uh, is increasingly uh, effective.
1: So how do they, uh, you know, I've heard a lot of stories from single friends about dates that they've met online, and you know, I've got some friends who just feel so judged. They some of them don't even want to get back online because they feel like they're so easily dismissed on the basis of their appearance, or or they've met people who are not who they present themselves to be, and they get really discouraged. So, in those kind of situations, how how do you, you pick yourself up, and how do you kind of readjust your your mindset and find a way to to not let that affect you?
2: I think also celebrating that even if the outcome wasn't what you wanted, that you, you did something courageous. Like if you right. focus on the value, which is how you show up or what you're offering rather than what you're getting, you know, you're offering an open mind, a kind ear, uh, maybe a sense of non-judgmentalness ra- instead of sort of focusing on, will this person be someone I can see my future with? If you could sort of celebrate that, you know, maybe this wasn't the person that you want to be with, but this person seemed lonely and you offered them some encouragement or, you know, that you're the kind of person that's uh, persistent and continues to try, even if it, you've been disappointed.
1: Yeah. So is that something that people can do? Kind of find some some positive, like no matter how bad the date was or whatever happened, like find a positive that you can take away and learn from. Does that help you kind of get the win out of the event?
2: I think a mix of problem solving, which is maybe, you know, not subjugating yourself to, you know, if you're really exhausted, not feeling well, you have a million projects at work, and then you spend three hours on a date with someone that seemed like a disaster, you know, learning from that and, you know, reducing dating to a time that's more convenient for you. And also maybe focusing on celebrating what you did right and your courage. And I think, you know, you're hitting on a really good point that um, I think, especially with technology, it's easy for people, many people um, to, I shouldn't say it's easy because it, it can be hard. And a lot of people are telling me increasingly how hard it is, but some people notice that they might have opportunities to go on many days in a week, but to live that full, rich life, you shouldn't be uh, going on multiple dates a week, if if that's all you have time for, and that means that you're not going to have time to spend with friends or engaged in a volunteer commitment that's meaningful. So, I think another way to sort of prevent burnout and prevent yourself from feeling, um, you know, unnecessarily tortured is to increase your resilience and sort of set limits on how much time you put into dating if it doesn't seem like it's paying off, in terms of making it your sort of full-time hobby.
1: That's, uh, that's great advice because I've seen women that tackle it like a turbocharged to-do list. I mean, they're like, I'm going to get through this list of men and I will find one, you know. Um, so that's great to kind of, yeah, you just balance it out and make it one thing that you do instead of the thing that you do. Um, and who knows? You might meet like
2: someone great at, you know, you might meet someone great at your cooking class. You have no idea.
1: Yeah, and that's it too. If you yeah, doing some of these other things, you meet people through. If you join a running club, you might and meet people with common interests. Uh, There's it's interesting because as much as we look at technology, I think most of the people that I know have met the person that they're with uh, pretty organically. Even though they might be Mm -hmm. on a dating site trying to find somebody, and meanwhile, it's like this other person walks into their life, you know, kind of like behind their back while they're on their app. (laughs) <laughs> right. So so now how is it that you keep from you know, I know a lot of people if you're if you're in that search, um, you might feel lonely, you might feel unworthy. So how do you keep from getting those feelings and, and how do you overcome them when when it does hit you?
2: This is a great question, and there's a lot of ways to think about this. And I think one way people start to feel potentially lonely and sad. Um, I, I was just thinking about it based on what you said about people, how people meet is there's a great, a lot of people complain to me that social media makes them feel like they're the only one that doesn't have this perfect, you know, picture perfect sort of relationship. And I love uh, recommending that instead of people looking at their friends, social media with their staged photos, looking on um, this other uh, feed called How We Met, which is sort of like inspiring uh, ways people meet that just sort of gives you the sense of perspective that people of all ages, um, you know, all over the world are, are connecting in, in ways we might never predict. And in terms of how we can stop ourselves from getting stuck in um, uncomfortable mental ruts, I, you know, it's so incredibly important to be able to take a step back and notice that this is actually a really uh, one of the most, th- 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 uh, the most salient things that inspired my book is this study uh, conducted by a psychologist named Roy Baumeister that found that when people anticipate aloneness or imagine ending up alone later in life, um, the researchers did this experiment where they gave people an IQ test, told them that based on you know, trends in the population, they would likely end up alone, then asked them to repeat the IQ test, they did uh, noticeably, uh, their performance diminished significantly. Really? And so I think, so it's so important to realize that when you are feeling lonely or imagining that you're going to end up alone, to take a step back and realize that you are not thinking clearly and that you had best not think that night and do something else instead, like, you know, work on, you know... Uh, reading your favorite book or going to your favorite concert or planning a great trip because people take their thoughts very literally but when we're not uh, when we're in an emotional state we often don't have our best uh, sense of perspective.
1: That's incredible advice because yeah, it is easy to get caught up in our headspace and you start thinking uh, way too far down the road when you don't know who's who's right around the corner. Oh,
2: I like this idea instead of sort of like combating each thought you know like you would with a baseball bat to sort of get above your mind and realize that like after a bad day you are going to be you know pummeled with negative thoughts and you just sort of have to realize that it would be best to like watch a funny tv show for 25 minutes instead of let your mind uh bully you
1: yeah so what is your if you can only give somebody one piece of advice for how to be single and happy like you're your book in one sentence. Um, what is what is like the number one thing? Like if, if they can only take this one thought to the desert island that they're going to ruminate on for the rest of their life, what, what would it be?
2: Think about what you want your life to be about with a person and start creating it right now.
1: Oh, that's terrific. Well, wonderful. Jenny, it is a pleasure to speak with you. Um, how to be single and happy. We can find that at bookstores everywhere. We've got a link to it on our website. And uh, I'm, really, I'm really glad you took the time to talk with us and also that you wrote this book because I think there's a lot of great information in here that is very timely and, and uh, we need to see right now.
2: Thank you so much. I'm really excited that I had the chance to talk to you.
0: If you'd like to learn more about Jenny's book, How to Be Single and Happy Science Based Strategies for Keeping Your Sanity While Looking for a Soulmate, you can visit us at livehappynow.com. And of course, while you're online, let us know what you thought of this podcast. You could do that on Twitter at livehappy, or on Live livehappy, or email us at podcast at livehappy.com. That's all we have for you today, so until next time, this is Jeff Sanders wishing you a great day and hoping that every day you live happy.